0: Welcome back to our anime show. I'm a binge monster. And
1: I'm a green queen, a.k.a. Miss Green.
0: And you have a calendar alert. Yeah.
1: <laughs> On what device?
0: <laughs> what was... are you supposed to be doing with that talking to me? That's what I want to know. Maybe
1: I don't know. I don't think that was my phone. That was, I don't know where that came from even.
0: Anyway. Your memory has been erased.
1: Mmm. <laughs> erased. That was... I don't know that. I'm so
0: sorry. <laughs> That was categorically awful, (laughs) but I'm proud of it still. Horror erased. How do they connect? How do they relate? Today we're going to talk more about the spooky season. We're going to dive in a little bit more into the history of the horror genre in Japan. Um, We talked about it a couple weeks ago, but we wanted to dive in a little bit more because there's so much cool meat in history. Right. True. And like last time,
1: I feel like we were like, there's kind of like this thing. There's kind of like this thing. But today we're going to give like pretty specific examples of, you know, what's happening in history. Pretty specific examples of how things have changed. And then especially, you know, how it relates to Japanese culture, which is very specific as opposed to, you know, here in the West. So we're going to really get into this. I think you'll find something that maybe you weren't thinking of before.
0: All right. Um, how do we start? Okay, maybe we should start with like the like very very beginning. What's the, what's that musical song? Let's start from uh, the very
1: beginning, beginning. The start. It's a great place to start. Something like that.
0: Yep, you nailed it. It was like Broadway <laughs> ready. Casting directors, she's available.
1: I'm available. Uh,
0: so yeah, so I mean. <clears throat> Our primary source for a lot of this research, as we prepared for the episode, was Wikipedia because it's kind of hard to find a ton of background into like the origins of the horror genre of anime specifically. Obviously, there are tons of publications that speak to the history of the genre in general, but um, one of the the common things that we were that we came across in our research was that you know a lot of the origins of this genre began early in the Edo period. And uh, the horror genre can be traced back and really kind of made popular when the word Kaidan became very popular. Um, And when it kind of entered the regular everyday vernacular of a Japanese person in the Edo period. Um, I'm really excited to talk about one particular parlor game, uh, which for those of you who are like, yeah, I've heard that word, but I don't know what that means. It just means a game that's played inside. A particular parlor game called Hyaku Monogatari kai. Mm. I have no idea what that translates to in English. <laughs> but it was something that, uh, it was a game that really stood the, the kind of the test of time. And I think is something that inspired like Treehouse scary story culture here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to... I'm gonna explain about this game because I think it's so cool and it like it just like makes sense uh-huh so so I, I, this is where I want to start so the um the word kaiden became popular because of this game as I said Hyaku monogatari kaiden kai that was the name of the game that they played and it had to be played in a house with three rooms okay and in these three rooms each room had a different purpose. I have no idea what the second room was, but mm-hmm. I don't know what the second room's purpose was. I could not figure it out. But in the third room, they would light these lanterns um, that were, like, wrapped in paper in a bamboo structure, and they would light the light the lantern on fire, and there'd be a hundred of them in a room. they put them in there. And then everybody would go to room number one where there was a mirror. <clears throat> and all they would do is, well one person would go up in front of the mirror and tell a spooky story. And the game was, is that there were over between the beginning and the end, a hundred stories had to be told. And every single time a person finished a story, and usually there were shorter stories, they would go over to one of the lanterns in room number three and blow out a lantern. So over the course of the game, the house got darker because after every story they blew out a lantern and in the 99th story mm-hmm. this is where a lot of people would quit because they were worried that just the like the scary vibes of the game up to that point could potentially open a door to the underworld and summon ghosts into their space uh-huh like wild, you right? know what
1: this is so funny because there is an actual game today it's a tabletop game and it's called oh gosh i don't know 16 candles something like that and it's mm. somewhat yeah. similar where it's like as you're going through this like tabletop role-playing game the yeah. candles are burning and it's getting <laughs> scarier and darker and darker as you as you play
0: so Maybe it was inspired. Maybe it was know.
1: inspired by this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: This was before they really, like, opened the island to a lot of foreigners. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if, like, the Dutch that came through and traded with them in the early days, like, influenced this or if it was vice versa. I don't know. I see. <clears throat> but but what I do know is that this created, like, a huge demand for really scary stories mm-hmm. that even, mm-hmm. like, made its way back to China because they did have trade established with China and so, like that's one of the reasons why, and also like Buddhism being sh- a shared religion, like stories were shared and so forth. So they kind of had that,
1: right? That like mm-hmm.
0: culture of sharing, and you know, so, kanji as well. So this but, game
1: is something. This game is something that we believe is probably happening before, like uh, the printed word. Is that fair to say? Where we were, where stories were mostly told verbally.
0: Yes. Ah, this is pretty, yeah. yeah. Pretty pretty. Now, granted, I think that like uh to your point at some point when the printing press and like these technologies came out it allowed for them to share them more more rapidly across the country and mm-hmm. so it it probably popularized the most um you know popular particular stories um but yeah i just think this was like a really cool little tidbit and it, it why that word became so popular
1: because i bet then it's like you know Before we're thinking of printed word and so forth and the spread of all this, these stories probably come from like urban legend or like really old fables that are very specific to each region in which people might be playing this game, which that is also very interesting because, you know, when you bring horror and you start to kind of see yourself in it or you can bring it to your space and you can kind of be like you know I mean at least as a kid I used to be like oh man is there someone like living in my basement right and like when you can bring it into your space it makes it like way more exciting and horrific at the same time yeah
0: yeah they probably like base them off of true stories so like because they were just like really some true elements to it i'm sure as these stories got passed down like oh here did you hear in that in that region like it, this yeah thing wasn't there a soldier by that like there's that's probably based in like a lot of truth so yeah um anyways so this created the demand for scary stories of ghosts and demons which were a toy a toy uh a term later coined yokai uh which is a word that we still like see an anime and, and we like know today, um, and that that changed. And I have a I have a theory that like I want to get your take on because mm. this, this will spill like a whole can of beans. But I still like want to just tip the can over and just see how far the beans roll.
1: Wow! So roll them beans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so over the years, as this game, as these stories became more and more popular, and by the way, there was an artist who you're probably familiar with we've actually talked oh. about him on the podcast so i know you are hakusai who mm-hmm. created the famous wave right mm-hmm. he created a series um it, it became so popular that he created a series called like 100 haunted stories or something like that and he made them on block prints unfortunately they've been lost in the sands of time we only have like five that are like f- like uh, accessible still okay. today uh-huh. um but like um, that's how popular they became. But, anyways, as the yokai phenomenon evolved, eventually it it became a, a tool that was used by priests and um, religious leaders to describe the vengeful states that gods or spirits in their respective religions would morph into if disrespected or neglected by people. Um, either living around the shrines or who are entering the shrines and so forth. And this is my theory, not backed by any of the research that we, that we saw, but, you know, fear throughout history has been such a powerful tool to keep the checks and balances and to keep the the power of the religion alive. Like, if you don't do this, you're going to hell. If you don't, you know, do this, you'll never have a happy marriage or, or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Seems Right to me, maybe this is a little controversial, but maybe that was a tool to get people to take these gods the more seriously. I don't know that's my theory
1: i th- I mean I think that's a fine theory to make. I mean, we both you know know only so much about Japanese we're not necessarily historians, but like i th- right. i we definitely have seen that tool in you know um western religions and so forth, and you know, so I think um. I think you're totally right in on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's also interesting, too, because I feel potentially maybe people even believe some of these stories more because when people were searching for an answer that grounded these stories in truth, if the origin of these stories was a vengeful God who was, you know, like getting his revenge or or or. You know, it was an act of God that led to whatever happened in some of these stories It may have actually made people believe them even more and may have justified them. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's kind of like the way that I'm thinking about it.
1: I would agree. I would agree. I think that's I think that's a fine theory to make. We don't know if it's true, but like it kind of sounds true. Maybe,
0: <laughs> maybe so are we gonna play this game should we try it it feels like a great game for actors i don't know right like it's just like a great improv night like if you're gonna do improv what i mean maybe not a hundred stories
1: and maybe not a hundred stories
0: <laughs> like, capital, 16 feel maybe that's why they made 16 candles because 100 was like too big and 16 felt like enough of a investment of time yeah i, don't
1: know. I think that would be a fun game it's it definitely sounds like something that like I don't know. I would see in like a show like this feels like the perfect premise for an actual haunted horror film where like kids are playing this game and then suddenly Mm -hmm. things start to turn a little too real. Like it, it totally (laughs) sounds like the actual base for horror.
0: Yeah. 100%.
1: Especially because we know like the, that, you know, and I'm sure you'll get into this as we kind of go through the history, but like Japanese horror is very, very much like, psychological for the most part yeah. like they through time and you'll talk about this there have been other forms and even subgenres within horror that we are familiar with but as far as j horror it's pretty pretty psychological so this would be the perfect kind of film for that
0: maybe that's the purpose of the second room is like there is no there's nothing there so it's just that that space in between the two rooms so that when you blow something out and you're walking back to the first room, you have to, maybe it's like scary. It's like, and I don't know. Well, yeah. Binge
1: monster. Like, is there nothing in that room? (laughs) Is there, you don't know. You don't know. And that's the beauty of horror, the mystery and the not knowing that gets like people very uncomfortable, very quickly.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so maybe we should fast forward a little bit. We're going to jump from Edo period to like the end of World War II where a lot of things kind of changed. I think we've talked about the influence World War II had on Japan and also even in anime before. But I think that, you know, what we came across in our research just kind of made sense, right? After World War II, you know, you see not just ghosts, but in particular vengeful ghosts, some of which may have been soldiers, Uh, from the war you see these monsters that are you know have been kind of radiated and mutated and and there's uh there's definitely some like element of how radiation was changing the the wildlife in some of those areas and it turned them into new monsters Mm -hmm. it's crazy to think that godzilla could have been thought of as a result of this
1: i mean it's like You know, especially um, when we think about this, like all encompassing—what is the word I'm thinking of? All encompassing, like holistic, collective trauma that Japan, pardon me, went through, and we we've seen the effects of World War II on the artists in Japan over every medium. Arguably, I—I mean, actually, I don't think. I, I don't try to argue with me on it but we've seen the effects and the impressions of world war ii across every art form in japan we're seeing the impression of this across every person damn near that is creating something it's 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 not so unimaginable for me to understand that something As horrific as godzilla could have come out of this you know like i i it's it i don't mean to like be too like on the nose with it but like the atomic bombing is like very very physically traumatizing and if you're a generation that's around that you can only imagine what kind of you know things are coming out of that so i mean maybe it was maybe it wasn't but it definitely correlates in my head and i can understand how that would have manifested
0: Yeah, I mean, even, like, the ability to imagine the amount Mm -hmm. of devastation that comes from an event, right? Like, even the ability to think about a gigantic Godzilla-like lizard that can smash cities, burn down, you know, acres, down to the ground. And, like, just the ability to imagine the possibility of that came from inspiration of, like, what the bomb could do i'm sure right like that's, that that's like yeah so i i think you're right i think it just it does make sense uh well i was
1: i was just gonna add that like you know i think all encompassing basically after world war ii we're seeing a lot more of like what i might say is like also like to your point kaiju and like mass destruction but also i think and correct me if i'm wrong we're seeing a little bit more of like what you might say is like gory sub genre of horror, you know, for, for various reasons. Mm. I mean, like, again, like this is a collective, Mm. horrific, awful trauma that these people are all all, that these artists are all sharing. So it's just very interesting.
0: Yeah. The, the, there was a a film and I don't remember the name of it. We were reading about that. Mm. The makeup artist for the film had acknowledged that a lot of the, inspiration for some of the creatures that were kind of like the scary element in the film were inspired by victims of, of the atomic bombs and like what they looked like afterwards. And that, that alone is just like such a, that sentence just to like yeah. read that across the page was very, you know, like striking and yeah, like it, it is jarring. Um <clears throat> What's interesting, too, and maybe it's uh, maybe it's a little bit of a, a mechanism of like the generation changed or maybe there's like a, a a desire to, I don't know, like heal a little bit and kind of focus on like mm-hmm. a little things that are a little bit more realistic. But the, the genre definitely changed in the 80s uh, a couple of decades after the end of World War Two. And don't get me wrong, you still see a lot of those elements that we were just talking about, like the kaiju and the beasts and the radiation and stuff like that. But definitely more contemporary horror, um, which I think is really interesting in Japan, is comprised of more, to your point, like like things have changed. And you mentioned it earlier on, on this episode already of like psychological thrillers that are scary, be- maybe a little bit more scary because they're possible like they're uh, they're mm-hmm. yeah they're more thrillers than like the traditional slasher kind of films right um and a mm. uh, cornerstone to that was this like concept of haunted houses and this is the, this is the one that really interests me the most which is like the breaking up of nuclear families um woven into the stories like like yeah. As the such as to say, like, divorce or the, the separation of family is, like, the new horror. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I mean, again, like, it's a completely different culture. And, you know, I, I think especially when we're talking about the 80s at that time, things were very, very different. And so I would believe that, like, you know, when we're talking about Japan, as far as I can understand, you know, I would maybe say that this is a little bit more of, like, um, traditional like upholding of tradition kind of culture. So it's like, you know, obviously when we're thinking in terms of like passing on your name or passing on your trade, like you have to have a family in order to do that. And when that is broken, like what else breaks
0: yeah. with
1: the broken of the family? It's like, okay, do we lose tradition? Do we lose, like what parts of ourselves do we lose when we quote break at the family? So I could understand this being a major fear Quote like or even if it's like on the nose, or if it's a like subconscious like, oh my god, that's kind of like the worst thing. Like imagine something happening to to my family, to my like livelihood, to my pride. Like
0: it's like our honor, our family. Yeah, about that. That's a really good point. I I I did think about our episode on Akira. If you remember how like the eighties was a really Mm. rebellious time because with the adoption of technology and how that clashed with the traditional old ways and like you know even like biker gangs were a thing that's like a clear act of rebellion against the societal structure and respect like this is clearly a time where where that was happening in japan so yeah i just think it's i just thought that was really interesting one thing i want to definitely make sure that we cover before we start talking about the phenomenal series erase that we watched in Uh, Of this episode (laughs) where some other like very interesting smaller characteristics of horror that um, are very telling I think of um, of like how the Japanese perceive scary things we've already mentioned two of them being the breakup of a nuclear family haunted houses but also like there's this there's this thing with mothers I don't know yeah right like yeah it feels like very specific and I'm I'm guessing it's because of, like, the metaphor, like, in a family of what a mother is supposed to do, but, like, long hair, monstrous mothers, like, these are things that are, like, labeled in a lot of the research that we saw as, like, common characteristics. What do you think about that? Like, why moms? Like, I don't know. I know. know.
1: Well, I guess it's like, you know, here's the thing. We, I think it's fair to say, historically, I think because of... I I, maybe global maybe just my experience as a western person but men have contempt most often been in places of power and men have most often been in places of war decision making during war and therefore i think throughout history it's arguably that men have partaken in more acts of violence maybe than women so maybe we're holding our mother's You know, oftentimes up to this standard because they are the peace, historically. You know, because they don't have power, they are just peace and solace and caregivers, and all these things. So, you know, the idea of if we're thinking about like a very traditional nuclear family, in some senses, quote the ideal family, not really, but in this example I'm giving um, to have the mother be the place meant to being the place of peace and the place of like security, warmth, love, and then seeing that perfect image actually be a grotesque monster would just be like, okay, where is the peace? Where is my safety? Where, like, who do I run to? Like, I can imagine that narrative being very like scary i don't know like yeah, i can no. totally see that
0: that makes a ton of sense that that's a really great point and and it's so funny because like when i think about we all we often have this like joke when we talk about anime where we're like where are the adults where are the where parents? are the
1: adults yeah
0: <laughs> um in this case in this show that was like a little less the case which Like, finally, right? Oh, God. uh, I mean, we'll get to this. But Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that's, like, there's, like, salt in the wound there. But, like, Mm -hmm. uh, when I think back, like, it is often the case that, like, the father is still alive, but the mother is dead. I don't know if you see that often. but Oh, interesting. Yeah. I see that, right? And maybe that's, like, to really set an environment where that piece... That, that like motherly love, the nurturing, like, yeah, like traditional, right, concept mm-hmm. or whatever, however we look at this, but like is not in the picture for the main character. Yeah. And, and, and that's, an, I mean, to be fair, nine times out of 10, it's both parents are not in the picture, but it's just interesting yeah. that I tend to see more fathers that, and they don't, ex, they don't always explicitly say that the mother is gone, But she's Mm -hmm. not there, like, Mm -hmm. in the picture at all. Not in any of the scenes.
1: And you know what's interesting? It's like, so a lot of, to your point, you're right. And a lot of those anime kind of start out with the mother gone. Yeah. And then maybe we get a flashback, but it's all very sad. Yeah. But imagine just the experience of watching your mother go from being your mother to being a monster that yeah. is the horror right yeah. like watching that change Agreed. yeah that's interesting that's Ooh,
0: spooky. Spooky. <laughs> okay so we should talk about erased because ah! this, just a really wonderful series um <clears throat> do you want to do you want to give like the high plot or do you want me to give the high plot we either of us
1: I'll give it a shot, but please fill in any blanks because I watched this basically in two sittings because okay. it was so good. Yeah. Right. So it opens and and you might have to help me with the, the name Satoru, Satoru. Satoru. Yeah. Yeah. Satoru is our main character and it opens up and he is. An aspiring manga writer, but you can tell it's not really going anywhere, and so he's delivering pizza. Not a particularly happy person, not a particularly sad person. Uh, Totally has a crush on his co-worker, you know, jokes around with the boss, and then his mother comes to visit him, and they... uh, something happens where they start to talk about, oh, do you remember what happened when you were, you know, whatever, in like third grade or something or fifth grade when you were however old? And um, and that's, I think in the first episode they coined this, she's like, yeah, I tried to erase it from your memory <laughs> or something. She's like, we didn't talk about it. Like, I pushed past it, whatever. And she's like, I don't know if she says, like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I did that, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, something happens and the mom kind of comes too and she's like. Oh my god, I know who the killer is, and then she gets killed. And this is all within the first episode. Mm-hmm. And then something, oh, 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 but we also realize that even though our main character, I'm kind of jumping around, I'm so sorry. You might have to reel this in for our listeners. <laughs> you might have to reel this in for them. So even though our main character is, you know, aspiring manga artists not going well, and a pizza art and a pizza delivery person, we can already sense that he is different in that. Two times within, I think, the first episode, we see him have what he calls re- recall. What does he call it again?
0: Oh, I, I actually forgotten. But
1: I think he calls it something. Uh, we'll, we'll say yeah. recall for now unless, until we think of the right word. Um, and so what will happen is he will sort of experience a moment, then a jolt a feeling something happens. And he'll go back to maybe two to five minutes beforehand and then something in him knows to look around and stop something bad from happening (laughs) so in the two instances they show he saves a child so like for example he's delivering a pizza driving down the street and then has the feeling recalls back and then is driving down the street again so he's looking around and then he notices that a truck in front of him the driver is what he thinks asleep we soon figure out that he had a heart attack so anyway so we we can tell that our main character already has some sort of like somewhat supernatural not necessarily ability but like thing that's happening to him right he walks in his mom is on the ground she's clearly been killed by somebody who's put the pieces together that she knows who that killer was that was kidnapping children all the way back then and you know it sort of winds out where our main character, Satoru, is like going to be sort of on call or like on the what is the right word I'm thinking of? That his mother's death was his fault. Like he's somewhat being framed, but it's not right. really like he's, be- it's like a weird thing. They think he killed his mom. He recalls, but he recalls all the way back to that time when he was in like third or fourth grade or something like that. When we come to find out these three kidnappings and killings were happening mm-hmm. and that's where we pick up in I think like episode 2 and so he basically decides I'm going to save these girls well these two girls and then my friend yes can you pick it up from there because <laughs> I feel like I didn't do great
0: <laughs> no no it's, it's also you know what's interesting for me is like <clears throat> So, in anticipation of this, I've already seen the show like two or three times because I I do like it. Um, and I, in anticipation of talking about it today, I actually picked it up from because there's a wonderful episode right in the middle of the story that does a recap of the first like half of the series.
1: Oh, uh huh.
0: Remember that. Um, and so I just like watched mm. from there to the end.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: um, it's super perfect for rewatch value. <laughs> like, it's great. Um, yeah. Uh, so I actually don't remember exactly like the order of what happened, but it's interesting uh, to hear yes. because I feel like all of that happened throughout episodes one through six. And you're like, all this happened on episode one. And I'm like, yes, I gotta go back and watch this because I know a lot happens in episode one. It's like, yeah, uh, that's why
1: it's kind of crazy because it's like, ev- like, I f- it's like you feel like you gave spoilers, but like you literally didn't. It's in episode one. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's in episode one.
0: So I think that like just to speak to the plot a little bit um, and to try to leave the ending.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll try to keep uh, this spoiler, spoiler, free, spoiler free.
0: Yeah, as much as we can. But like the, the, the overall plot line to her point is like this guy is going back in time. He's trying to save these kids frantically um tries fails tries fails and like just has to keep going back it's a little it's a little um interesting to think that like maybe this inspired um oh gosh now what is the name of the show with the biker gang that we love
1: a- 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 akita wait oh tokyo avengers oh tokyo avengers. Just, avengers i'm like,
0: I'm like, I'm like Right? Like, going back in time to Takamichi try to... Takamichi
1: also has... Happening. Yeah, sorry. I spoke uh,
0: over you. No, no, no. They, they, It's. I was just bringing up, like, they clearly have, like, similar powers.
1: Direct right? parallel, basically.
0: Yeah. The only except... difference is... Yeah, go ahead. No, go
1: ahead. I was going to say, the only... Di- yeah, except that our main character in Erased, I don't think really knows how to go back and forth, where Takamichi knows that he has to go find the brother, shake hands, and then he'll go back.
0: Right. Right. And, you know, maybe a little bit more virtuous. <laughs> He's trying to solve three murders yeah. and, and at the same time. And Which like- is-
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I'm so excited. I was very excited to talk about this. So if I keep cutting you off, I'm so sorry. And I'm oh, going to really? try to stop. Um, It's just funny because he's trying to stop these murders and he's like in third grade yeah. but like he has a like 29 year old mind in third right. grade so he's like trying to like figure all of this out and he's so smart
0: right for an elementary school kid for sure yeah like he you know, shouldn't funny, be like he has like these other group of kids around him who eventually like he comes to trust and we'll talk about that in a bit but like um, there's this one little blonde kid, and I think his name is mm. Kenya. Yeah, his name is Kenya. Yeah, Kenya. And I'm like, oh, you're but you're the actual smartest one. Like yeah. the way he pulls him aside and he's like asking questions, the whole time I'm like, he has the power too. There's no way. <gasps> you know, like I, I that's not a spoiler because it's not true. <laughs> 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 I thought that but like I was like, this little blonde boy has figured out that this kid is up to something and mm-hmm. is not like him anymore. It's like a more like, he's like, you're so different. You have a different personality. Yeah. Anyways, I was like, that's the kid you got to worry about. He might be the killer. We don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so um, yeah, so the whole thing, like we're trying to figure out and it's a small cast. It's a really small ensemble. It's pretty tight. There's probably like what, like 15 characters or something something like that so you you uh, uh, as the story goes on and also as you near the end right like i don't know if you felt this way but for me as because it's a 13 episode anime 12
1: 12 episodes
0: 12 including the recap episodes so it's really like 11
1: oh so maybe i oh oh yeah okay yeah yeah yeah
0: so as you're getting closer and as far as I knew, the whole anime was wrapping in that one season. I I was I don't remember like when it was coming out. Something told me that it wasn't getting a second season. I think it was because the manga readers were like, nah, this is going to finish. So I was like, crazy. I was like going. Yeah, I was going crazy. I was like, who is the killer? At some point, I thought maybe it was him. Like going back in time, and he was just, and while they were swapping, like Mm. he just forgot, like I, I didn't know what was going on. But because that cast is so small, unless they were to just, which would have been horrible writing, they were to say like, oh, it was just this guy that like you'd never met. Yeah, I was like, who could it be? And I, I don't know, maybe I. I They do.
1: They definitely do a great job of. The mystery element of this, yes, and they do. I think they do a good job of when we're talking about the psychological thriller mm-hmm. part of this and like horror having like a very visceral response on people, and then that being something that could bucket something as horror. I think that totally buckets this in the horror category because there are so many times where things are happening, and I am audibly like, No way. Mm, like i'm I'm like having very visceral reactions (laughs) as i'm watching this and it's and to your point it's so tight there's not one unnecessary moment or shot in this which i think makes it so good
0: yes not a one not one um and at the very and it leads up to a bunch of things that happen at the towards the very end he actually comes face to face with the killer something happens i'm not going to say who it was i'm not going to say what happens but at the very the very end of the anime is these two squaring off um and like you just have to watch it to figure out like how they the whole thing is about them trying to get one over and so as soon as they discover each other it opens a big can of worms and Mm -hmm. oh man, it's just an amazing thriller. to Can
1: I tell you something? Binge monster. Yeah. So I called the killer. Did you way early? And I was so proud. I wasn't like positive, but I for sure said it. And I, and uh, Cheeks was with me and I was like, it's so-and-so. It's gotta be so it was something like that. And he did so good because I did not have I did not have full confirmation what ninety like one hundred percent validity in my it's this person until they reveal who it is. Yeah. And but I was really proud. I was like, I've now officially watched too much anime where I can ruin <laughs> things for myself.
0: <laughs> good for you. No, I I mean I I like I think, gosh, I w- we'll have to talk about this offline too, because I have so many yeah. things I want to say without giving spoilers. But uh uh-huh. for the same here's what I will say. So that people who've watched it will totally get it, and people who haven't totally will this will go over their head. For the same reasons that our main character said he did not figure out it was that person, mm-hmm. I also did not. I believe that. Huh. Because of how I huh. grew up. I mean, I just like I felt for the kid. You know, like I'm like, uh-huh. yeah. I also did not consider that person at all. Mm. Or mm. if I did, I didn't want to. And so I think mm. I think that's why mm. I really missed the mark. It's so funny cuz when I read reviews, when I read reviews, there's so many people in the comments who are like, I don't know how this 29-year-old uh person didn't figure out it was that person it was obvious for me i knew all along i'm like okay easy to say on the keyboard relax whatever Yeah, relax
1: you're okay keyboard wizard relax (laughs)
0: exactly um but yeah i hate
1: commenters that are so hateful (laughs) sidebar
0: (laughs) so i thought it'd be interesting also to kind of tie in some of our earlier conversation with with the show because i do feel like some of those themes that we were talking about when we were discussing some of the characters of horror, definitely show up here mm-hmm. in this, besides the fact that it is clearly a psychological thriller more than it is kind of like a slasher. But I don't know. There were a lot of themes that I saw kind of overlapping. I'm I'm ready to dive in, but did did you want to start here? Do you want me to go first?
1: Oh, I mean, I only have really one tidbit in that like i going back to my first note when i were thinking about the the sub genres of horror i felt like there were a a lot of different elements so i felt i felt like there was psychological thriller thriller Mm. elements and i also was like there's still a little bit of gore yeah a little bit of tasteful gore in this yeah um and then there was one other one that i was thinking of when we're thinking of subcategories of horror but it's gone now so you know go ahead that was all i had to add
0: now, one thing that we didn't talk about is how and this is this is like important to the context of what we're talking about. But we didn't mention that in the plot, the main girl he's trying to save his mother abuses her the whole show. Um, yes. and So not a spoiler, yeah, It's not a spoiler. Like it happens very early on and it's really sad. Um, it's but even right there, like the there is this. Um, gosh, there's so much of this right where it's like there's the monstrous mom. There's the, like, long, not super long, but unkept hair over the face. Yes, That clearly. really, like, makes her mother monstrous-like. Besides yes. the fact that she does what she does, which is literal child abuse. It's just, it's horrible to watch. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, her house, their house, for me, felt like the scary house at the end of the block you never go it's like the shed and the lighting and the cigarette oh and yes that so like it's yes. not a haunted house but it's definitely like the scary house at the end of the block in the sketchy neighborhood you just like you don't go in and i felt mm-hmm. like i felt like they nailed making that house really scary yeah. Um one of the other things which is like consistent to the theme and I won't speak to how the relationship between this abusive mother and the daughter ends, because it's a really important part of the plot, at least from my perspective. But yeah, but all along there is this fear and this happens in real life of like, should we report this? This will break up the family. This will Mm -hmm. make it so that that girl will never come to that school ever again. Like they'll have to take her away. And they say that they're like, are you ready for that? You know, you'll never see her again. And, um, so even like that element of like breaking up yeah. the family is is absolutely there and kind of a present theme here. Um, so I just thought I just thought it was interesting. Like, you know, we we see that there's all these little elements, and even in a story that's about, you know, preventing a killer, you see some of the same themes that you know define. Um, you know, define the, the genre. Um, For sure. There are some other themes really quick that I think we really should address before we, if we're going to talk about a race, before we close out one of which is like the butterfly. There's so much symbolism in anime mm-hmm. like, everywhere you go <laughs> before the episode, we were talking about the butterfly uh, symbol and, and you started to sing like bluebird, which made me <laughs> think about like, oh my God, that like rebirth. Like I want to go back to Naruto and like watch cause there's a movie. There's a movie that that opening relates to. It's a oh. shooting movie, and so like I now I want to go back and rewatch the movie to be like, what's the rebirth theme there?
1: Interesting. Well, like to to be very clear, there is it again within the first episode. There is a blue butterfly. <laughs> so we said blue butterfly, and I started singing blue
0: bird. bird. Yeah. <laughs> But, but, oh, but I guess it is bluebirds and not blue butterfly. And, and, okay, so I, I'm wrong. I, I was thinking that it was also blue butterflies, but they are bluebirds, obviously. Mm. Um, anyways, so yeah, so the butterfly effect time, obviously that makes sense, right? Like, yeah, intentionally trying to change the future. Um, and I, I, like, I definitely want to talk about this cause I don't feel like it's a real spoiler it's a definite part of the ending, but like it's, I don't think it's a huge spoiler. So,
1: but if you're definitely not wanting to have spoilers, skip ahead.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh,
1: maybe a, a minute or two. For sure. Okay.
0: So, blue butterflies is supposed to signify, so like butterflies in general is supposed to be, like, butterfly effect in time. Blue butterflies specifically is supposed to mean rebirth in a lot of different religions. The very last scene, you see the girl that he worked with in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually says a line where he says, like, I don't know why I'm thinking about this. I'm not attracted to like college age girls. Like, I'm not, I don't know why. So anyways, but, but she has such a profound impact on him, like after the fire and she believes in him and that gives him the courage to like really carry it through. Like without her, she, he actually might not have done it. Like that's genuinely, I believe that, um, he wouldn't have trusted people. He wouldn't have gotten the help he needed. He wouldn't have been successful. So that last scene is interesting because in this version of the world, because now this is the very end of the series and things have happened and things that we initially saw never happened because he changed history and so forth, like you see the girl again mm-hmm. and, and you see a blue butterfly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's your interpretation of that? Like, I, I, I would love to know. Like, what do you think was happening there? What do you think is meant to happen?
1: I don't know. So this this is, this is a mystery for me that I would want to look into more because yeah. I didn't get that at all. Like, uh-huh. I didn't understand the butterfly at all. Mm-hmm. I and- didn't understand why that was happening. And, like, in fact, it came back and I went, oh, yeah. But I did not know why we were doing that.
0: So I have a – um. I have a, and it's interesting because I've, like I said, I've seen it a couple of times, and the blue butterfly actually shows up a couple different times throughout the show.
1: Which I clearly missed. I saw it in the beginning, it's and so then I acknowledged subtle. it in the end, and that was it.
0: It's so subtle. It's mm. so subtle. And, and I think, like, when you rewatch it, you'll see, like, oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe, but could be wrong, that they usually relate in some way to her, but I don't remember. But I think that, like, my take on this is, Just that, technically, they weren't supposed to meet
1: in time. Yeah. Okay. Like
0: where it happened at the end because he's not working at the pizza place anymore. Now he's a successful. You know Mm -hmm. he's achieved his dream and so forth. This is a huge spoiler. Um, uh, But
1: when we when we go back, I'm gonna say give a soundbite so I can say skip ahead five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll save ourselves.
0: Um. So, yeah, I think like my take is that it's a new it's a chance to see her again. Like it's an it's another Mm -hmm. opportunity that he wasn't given before and he gets another chance. And like he he is now such a completely different person when he's in front of her that like maybe this turns completely different because he is a completely changed individual Mm -hmm. after all this ordeal and after meeting her, too. That line where she's like, I want to help you is like the, you know, it's like the parallel to being like, I believe in you is like, do you remember that line that I'm talking about? I I forget exactly how it goes. But that line, he echoes like a couple different times. Yes. And that's the line that encourages him to like lean on others and trust others and be friends with people. try to do
1: this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think, I think it's just like a new start as a new person he is now who he's actually supposed to be and Mm -hmm. somewhere romantically is how i i interpreted the moment at least
1: Mm. it's interesting i want to go back i want to go back and watch this again and try to make my own assumptions and opinions from the butterfly i mean what you've said makes sense to me but i'm like i want to know what when I want to know more of the instances when the butterfly is there and more of the context of what's happening when we're seeing it. Yeah. Cause I thought it would be more on the nose when I saw it in the very beginning. And then I completely, like I said, forgot about it until it appeared at the end. And I was like, Oh yeah, we were doing this butterfly thing, but I was worried about these damn kids, but okay.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So definitely go watch Erased. It's phenomenal.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. With that being said, go watch Erased. Um, I hope you enjoyed our conversation about Japan and horror and the history of horror. And next week we will be talking about what anime is it?
0: Paranoid Kids. Paranoid Kids. Something like that. We are
1: going to talk about scary anime next time on our anime show. Thanks for listening. Bye.